Hello, y'all. We welcome you to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your hosts Bernhard Günther and Laura Matsu. And this topic uh, for this episode is something, it's a question we've been asked a lot and a lot of people are concerning themselves. It is about how can I help the world during these times? And this question really arises because there's this ongoing splitting, so to speak, um, which we see with everything that's happening in the world, people buying the official story, other people speaking out about truth against the vaccination agenda, for example, in all of that. And we see the splitting. We have talked about this in previous episodes within our circles of friends and families, and there can be a lot of friction and whatnot. And naturally, we don't want our loved ones to suffer. And we want to help them. We want to, quote unquote, wake them up, you know, to see the truth as well. And all of that in this sea of disinformation, misinformation, lies and propaganda we are being subjected to by official culture, the mainstream media, and the medical mafia, pharmaceutical cartel, and all of that, what's, what's, what's happening in the world right now. So we really want to go deeper into the question, how can I help the world during these times? And what does it really mean to help and, and spread awareness and help others awaken and what needs to be considered? Yeah, so I guess the first question uh, I would offer people to ask themselves is, are you in the position to help others, for starters? Because to help others, you really have to have, um, you know, almost like an overflow of energy that you can provide to be of service to your community, to the people around you. So what this means to me personally and the people I work with is like, where is this person at with their self-work? Are they ready to step into a position of being of service to others? Meaning, have they worked on their own triggers? Have they cleared up enough of their emotional body that they feel that they're in a position? And have they worked on their own trauma? Because the more that they've really helped themselves and the more that they feel grounded in their own essence and the more, more they feel grounded in who they truly are, the better position they are to help others. And that's not a judgment. It's just where are you at with your own healing? Um, it doesn't mean you have to be completely like 100% like healed or whatever, you know, enlightened or something in order to help others. It means you have to be at a certain point of security where you can do that and not have it be draining on you and be able to, you know, take on the extra task because it is extra work to help others. We're also, you know, collectively we're processing even somatically as well a trauma that happened last year when all of these lockdowns took place and the impact it, it's had on our, you know, our even our maybe our livelihoods, it's on, on our emotional health, on our physical health, on our spiritual health. So I think that's the first question to ask is like, have you adequately processed what's happened this year? Do you have a great self-care regime, a great, you know, uh, daily routine that helps you support you in processing that? Yeah. And also, you know, in regards to the inner work and also information, you know, what kind of, you know, the the external work, so to speak, of seeking truth, that discerning truth from lies and what's really going on and whatnot. Uh, if we share information in order to help uh, awaken others or help others in general. But, you know, what you just shared reminds me also, again, I can see it in my own life. I, you know, we need to be able to help ourselves first before we can help others. And that's not, like you said, it's not selfish or anything in that sense. It doesn't mean that you have to heal everything and be enlightened, like you just said, to help others. But be in the right uh, position, so to speak. It reminds me always, uh, you know, uh, on the on the plane when you go through the, 
you know, safety regulations and whatnot when you talk about the masks falling from the ceiling, mm -hmm. that you have to put on the mask first before you help somebody else. So mm -hmm. you need to be in, in the right position to help uh, others first, basically, it, right? Exactly, exactly. And it actually relates, like, service-orientated work relates to Virgo. It relates to the sixth house. You know, we all have a sixth house in our astrology. You know, so we all have certain gifts that we have to offer to help others. And the key point of any self-development um, that we do in the sixth house is about developing humility, basically, you know. Um, and so by looking at ourselves, by analyzing ourselves, by trying to become a better person, we actually become better at becoming being of service to others. So I'm going to just read off some keywords as well um, from Patricia Walsh, a great evolutionary astrology, uh, where she talks about sixth house Virgo aspect. So sixth house is the work that you're meant to do in the world. If you look at your astrology, if anyone has an astrologer they work with or they know how to read their own chart, you want to look at your sixth house to kind of see the work that you're meant to offer others. Um, so it is related to being of service. It's also about being an apprentice. So just, you know, understanding that you're on this journey, you're learning as you go along, you know, you're developing skills to be of service to others. And it's a, a developing humility, basically. But on the opposite side of that, it can also turn into, um, you know, humiliation, basically, and, and being self-sacrificing yourself and questing for perfection that can never be reached as well. So we, it's kind of a fine line, you know, like we'll never be perfect in a sense, but at the same time, we already are perfect in the eyes of the divine. So it's about that quest of wanting to be a better person when it comes down to. And through our self-development, we find our place in society, you know, we learn different self-improvement techniques, we improve our health, you know, um, it actually creates a bit of a crisis when we start to realize that we have a lot of work to do on ourselves and there is there is things that we need to work on. That's where we develop this humility. Can I share something about that? Yeah. Because what I realized in my own life, you know, I've been always wanting to help others being of service naturally. It's been kind of encoded within me. Also, people naturally always came to me seeking advice and disclosing very, you know, personal information um, because maybe the way I carry myself or whatever my, my energetic... Uh, makeup is uh, in the sense I'm, I'm able to hold space, right, mm -hmm. for for people and whatnot. Um, but what I've also realized is that, you know, the more I did self-work on myself, digging deep within my own shadow, going back to basic childhood wounding, trauma work, and all of that, basic psychological somatic work, even spiritual work, which when you do it sincerely, you definitely had to eat humble cake a lot of times because it is the big lesson is humility, which, by the way, is not too mistaken for self-diminishment. Because either. the shadow side of Virgo is being self-critical to the point where it's no longer useful. So we all have areas of our life. Which I can where, relate to Yeah, well. exactly. That's that's the main Virgo wound is like almost like being self-diminishing and being critical to the point where it actually turns into type of masochism, basically. Yeah. That's like the very strong inner critic. So so at the same time, we also have to kind of like jump at a certain point and be like, I'm not perfect, but this is what I am good at. And that's where I can help and others. And actually knowing your strengths and knowing your limitations as well. Exactly. You know, that's, a, that's a true sincerity, being honest with yourself first and foremost, yeah. being sincere with yourself. Even I remember Adi Ashanti talking about it, even Gurdjieff before you. It's not too much even being sincere with others. You have to be really sincere with yourself yeah. before you can truly relate to somebody else on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. But what I was getting at, the more the deeper working with myself, confronting my own stuff, shadow, all of that, what I just mentioned, and it's an ongoing work, 
And I realized, wow, I have so much work to do on myself. And then you realize, you know, the more I realize, see my own wounds and traumas, which were unconscious before, the more I see it in other people. Yeah. Right. And the way I see it is, you know, I see people suffering, but they don't know that they're suffering. Yeah. Right. They're still armored up, you know, so to speak, with defense mechanism, bodily armor and whatnot, disassociation, trauma, and all of that, you know, plugged into the matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, living very mechanically under the illusion of free will because they're driven by unconscious wounds and traumas, which then um, trigger, you know, certain behaviors, actions, and decisions. But it's not truly coming from essence. It's just their conditioned, wounded personality, so to speak. So, you know, that's why also like in regards to helping others, it's not as simple as just giving advice of what they should be doing Mm -hmm. and whatnot. This intellectual way of trying to convince people and we have talked about this before if it would be just about sharing information and then people realize oh of course that's true then we would have been quote-unquote enlightened long time ago yeah but then cognitive dissonance kicks in unconscious defense mechanism because once you again on this on the path of seeking truth right a lot of people you know let's let's take real life examples right now what's happening in the world if people would just acknowledge one little thing that's happening in the world, for example, um, you know, uh, it could take down their whole reality. Basically, exactly. I always give the best example, like classic example, nine eleven mm-hmm. was inside job, or at least at the very least, you can, if you're really sincere and logical, <laughs> you can at least see that the official story doesn't hold true by any stretch of the imagination. There's something off about it, yeah, right. But if people, if somebody would then acknowledge, oh my god, this ha- might have been inside job, the government was behind it, you know, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Just not some external Islamic enemy, then they would have to maybe admit, okay, the government is actually not in place for the people there. You know, we're being lied to. Um, there's a lot of corruption and whatnot. And if they would have to acknowledge that, then they may have to acknowledge other things. Yeah. But then right? also. So it's a chain reaction. Then this defense mechanism comes in because then, like you just said, they will have to put the mirror on themselves. Yeah. But then again, you know, it's really important that helping others is not just giving information. Exactly. And the main thing to notice there is there needs to be some level of consent. So I can take myself, for example, once I learned some really great somatic modalities. I mean, you experienced that. I just wanted to practice it on people all the time, you know, and would try to get them into processes that they did not really officially consent to. So context is really important because we may have a gift to offer others, you know, but don't just offer it to random people on Facebook, you know, who aren't willing to, who aren't interested in that. We have to like also look at the context, you know, that's really important because, you know, especially when working with people one-on-one, what I've noticed is something that could be medicine for one person could actually be harmful for another person. Even just information about their astrology chart or things that I'm seeing in them or repetitive uh, compulsive patterns that they have, what one person, what may work for one person may not work for another. So we have to also look at the individual in front of us and then also understand um, context too, you know, like... That's a very important point, which I also realized have in my journey of working on myself, seeking truth, helping others, working with others one-on-one or the group uh, uh, courses with the group work we do together. What I've also realized I had to acknowledge, as you just mentioned, that what works for one may not work for another, right? And also what works for me may not necessarily work for another. Yes. So I have to also really learn to not just project onto others 
tell them what to do based because it just worked for me. Exactly. Because everybody is such a unique individual with different soul lessons, different psychological makeup, different trauma and whatnot. Yes, there are general quote-unquote rules of how to process, but again, everybody's soul journey is different. And yeah. what you hinted at is also like understanding universal law of free will, not to infringe your free will, not to give without being asked. That's literally an esoteric law. Only give when it's asked for. And the asking has to be sincere. It's not yeah. much verbally, yeah. right? So as you mentioned, don't give unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people jump, you know. That could be harmful on, to people, basically. Exactly. Like yeah. even information can be harmful to people. Like if you have someone, you know, if you're outspoken like we are and you're sharing information about vaccines or anything that goes contrary to the official narrative, you know, I'm sure many people who do that are used to people hopping on there and getting very triggered, you know. In this in this case, you know, like, have they asked you? Have they cons- have they consented to get into to be to have their beliefs questioned? If we start doing that, you know, because people protect their beliefs unconsciously um, because they're usually protecting something bigger there for them to look at. And if we don't have at least a content- consent and also right context on Facebook on social media is not a good place to process with people, then it's not going to work out 99% of the time in my experience. So we have to have that consent. We also have to have context and discernment is also a sixth house lesson is like, we have to be able to make the right calls and be like, okay, I can help this person. You know, this criticism is valid, either internal or external. This criticism is someone's projection. Discernment is a really key lesson that we need to develop in order to be of service to others because it will help us discern when to be of service to others and who we can help, basically. Because we can't help everyone. That's the main thing is you could be the most amazing healer in the world, have the most amazing skill set, you know, have great progress with some people. And then some people you can't, and it's nothing personal. It's nothing against you. It's nothing to beat yourself up about. It's just that I feel each person has specific medicine for a certain amount of people. Like I have specific medicine for people who have gone through similar journeys that I have. And so do you, you know, and so we need to also be careful when we give that medicine out so that we're not literally poisoned. We can actually do harm to people with the same medicine that we just gave to someone we can, else. We can basically infringe in somebody's soul lesson. Yes. Sometimes people need to go struggle or even suffer to learn a certain soul lesson. A similar, I like to give the analogy when you raise a child, you know, you, learn, you, you teach a child, a very young child, how to um, uh, ride a bicycle. You don't hold the bicycle all the time. Sometimes at some point you have to let go and the, the kid might fall down and whatnot. This is part of the lesson, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Uh, but really what it comes down to, what you just mentioned, reminds me really of, of uh, other esoteric concepts in regards to respecting free will and, and two concepts with good you have talked about, which is external consideration and strategic enclosure. Mm-hmm. And I wrote about this in more depth in my essay, The Perilous Path Towards Awakening. And there's also, I give a talk on that it's in the video section on my website, veilofreality.com on the traps towards awakening. And one of the traps is the trap of wanting to help others which sounds very counterintuitive because of, of course we want to and should help others. But, you know, as we also see, even from our, when we work with others and you, maybe our, our listeners know out of, out of personal experiences, you can only help someone who's willing to help themselves. Number one, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. cannot force it onto yeah. others. Yeah. And then external consideration really means to, you know, 
to have it, like you mentioned, through your own self, like a certain level of being and awareness to really relate to a person, to read a person correctly, to know where they're at and meet them where they are at, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Instead of like imposing yourself onto it and dropping knowledge bonds and trying yeah. to argue and all of that, yeah. but to adjust to their worldview, to their beliefs. And mm -hmm. some people are not ready for certain knowledge. We need to respect that or certain yeah. information yeah. unless they're sincerely asked and whatnot. Exactly. So that's number one. But this external consideration requires a certain level of being which you only achieve through sincere self-work bringing forth your own essence so you can really your uh, vision or your perception that clouded with your own stuff yeah. which you project onto others right? yeah that's also this this kind of skill to like apprentice in at anything that you're good at doing is being able to read the person see where they're at and adjust whatever you know helping help you're offering them to that person you know that's really a skill because even when i learned astrology You know, I would read pe th people's charts and at some point I realized like, wow, like s some people are just not ready for some of the things that I'm noticing in their chart. Like, how can I adjust that? You know, and then I had to really get mm -hmm. to know the person and ask the questions and then led me into like a more evolutionary astrology understanding of it, meaning like, you know, e each person has a different setup, but how they're responding to that setup is completely different. You don't know that until you talk to the person, you know. And we really need to just respect and allow people to show us where they're at in the soul journey and accept them where they're at. You know, um, it can be really hard when we have people who we feel are completely conditioned by mainstream media and have probably a lot of people who are very conditioned by it have not really done any sincere self-work on themselves, you know, aside from the whole spiritual materialist community who seem like they've done self-work and then they just buy into the official story, which is another story. <laughs> But the general population, they're living their lives unconsciously. And to be honest, like most of them are just operating in this herd mentality and they don't think for themselves. They don't question for themselves. Generally speaking, these are the people you and I would never work with. They don't ever come to see us. They don't ever come to see therapists. They don't ever see something's wrong. They just use their own coping mechanisms and way of putting themselves to sleep in the daily world as a way to cope with it. They don't actually want to look deeper. In fact, it's usually some sort of like health crisis or a death or something that gives them the opportunity to start doing that doesn't mean yeah. they actually will make that choice yeah. but i've noticed that most people will not make that choice they're kind of comfort they're kind of comfortable living with the status quo going along with the herd you know even death even a major death in their life was not taken as an opportunity to awaken to something deeper within themselves and i would say that's literally 80% of the population yeah. and we're going to go know? i want to go deeper into that because i feel certain people And not even able, even able, capable to do this deeper inner work in this lifetime around, so to speak. Yeah. But I want to go uh, back real quick to this concept of external consideration we described. This ties into, again, what I mentioned before, strategic enclosure. And what that means, having basically a strategy of how to present information, right? Mm. Depending on context, situation, who you're talking to and whatnot, be it even social media or one-on-one. -on -one. And because especially in one-on-one -on -one situations, sometimes it just does, as I mentioned before, it doesn't help to just drop knowledge bombs and read this and read that and forcing information onto others. Because if you look, just reflect, to, uh, you know, speaking to the listeners here, putting a little mirror up, reflect on yourself. Nobody forced you to awaken. Nobody forced you to sit down and check out this information. Yeah. It came out of your own drive to understand, maybe out of only your suffering. Like yeah. you mentioned, suffering in that sense is the catalyst. And that's the deeper meaning of suffering. We, we, we talked about this before in the, in the past uh, podcast. But, you know, what we happening, see happening in the world as more and more is coming up, how much longer do we 
do people need to suffer until they question? And because of, you know, that's the, the almost the silver lining with the lockdown and everything because it made a lot of people who would usually go along with everything also question, like, hold on, something is off about it. A year, over a year into this, we're still in lockdown, still all these, these draconian laws, something doesn't add up, mm -hmm, right? And all mm -hmm. of that. So people need to like, you know, awaken the, the 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 seed needs to sprout within themselves. Yeah, right? exactly. And what does it mean on a practical level for strategic enclosure, for example? Like, spread some seeds of awareness. Ask ask the person questions. You know, mm. instead of imposing anything onto them. Yeah. Right. And then see where it goes if they open it and trust your intuition. But again, it it depends your own level of being and 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 how much you're connected to essence to. Uh, you know, make the right decision in in a way of of presenting or helping others to see maybe deeper truths. And also, you know, this work is not for the faint-hearted because when you help others, you also have to be able to handle other people's projections, mm. other people's triggers. If you're working in a, you know, client, uh, client, quote unquote, therapist or your life coach relationship, you know, you need to understand transference and how your childhood stuff can get triggered back on theirs. Transference being when, you know, they, they, they project their own childhood stuff onto you and then vice versa, you know, and these are all critical skills because it's like, you know, when you go into, the, you're kind of going into the trenches when you try and help others, you know, yes, we should definitely help others who we've had the consent of and who come to us, but still it's not easy work, you know, if you really want to go deep with people, you have to be able to handle their triggers as well because, and your own triggers around other people's triggers, and that's a key skill that I don't see a lot of people at least in the general population, practicing, you know, and that's important because, and I remember we listened to this talk by Regji Ray like years ago, you know, where he's talking about the path of the Bodhisattva and he was like, you know, if they need you to be a toilet, you have to be a toilet. If they right. need you to be a bridge, you have to be a bridge, which is a famous poem, I think, by Shanti Deva, who is like a Bodhisattva saint. Um, but basically the point is, is you need to actually be whoever they need in that moment, not what you want them to be, not where you think they should be. And that happens subtly as well, you know, because also what I learned from Gabor Mate is a huge part of the healing process is we need to make sure we don't also don't project our own agenda onto someone else, you know? Mm. So even if someone comes to us for help, we can project our agenda of wanting them healed or wanting them to do something else or being like, this relationship is bad for you. And that doesn't help them, you know? So it's it's really a subtle art too of helping others. And that comes through knowing yourself and knowing mm. your own stuff, you know? Because the more that you're able to do that, and by the way, just as a side note, a lot of therapists don't do this. That's why there are a lot of crappy therapists out there. But We need to be able to have that self-knowledge through developing true humility, you know, knowing that we're not perfect, knowing that we can work on ourselves and make ourselves into better people in order to even enter that relationship to begin with. And on the flip side, you know, as a lot of therapists don't have that skill of self-knowledge, there's also a lot of like coaches and, you know, kind of people who work in the spiritual field who also do it from a point of, um, you know, needing validation mm. or needing to feel special or needing some sort of, they need something from you in return as well, you know? So it's tricky territory out there when we enter. And the only thing that really keeps us on track is developing that humility as well. It's similar, almost like spiritual bypassing because the ego can hijack this whole concept of helping others or being so sto service to others versus mm -hmm. sts and i'm of service and this and yeah. that 
you know, not only um, because of, like you mentioned, having our own agenda, how yeah. we want certain things to be, to, mm -hmm. but also because the ego likes to feel better, like, oh, I'm helping others. Yeah. I'm better, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a savior. The virtue the, signaling. The virtue, <laughs> virtue signaling, exactly. Yeah. Or the savior, I'm going to help this person, that person. Yeah. And that can even take uh, more egoic, um, you know, even narcissistic uh, uh, measures in light of, like, showing off, you know. Yeah. You know, on social media and all of that. Yeah. And, like, what great that's you why you have a lot of narcissists who enter into the healing field is because they want that validation and what better way to get that validation than the, oh my god i'm a healer you know yeah. so that's one end of the spectrum but then another side of the spectrum i've seen which is also related to the virgo uh, archetype and being of service to others is a sense of inferiority and that actually is also mm. an ego response is like you know constantly like and i know because i have this i actually have a south note in the sixth house but it's like no matter what how much i help others no matter how much i do you know i've had to work on this ongoing core wound of like never feeling like it's good enough and why does it never feel like it's good enough and i can speak from personal experience and i think this also relates to a lot of people is because you may a lot of people tend to get into the healing fields or you know help helping professions rather because they wanted to help someone in their past that they weren't able to mm -hmm. and so then that creates this dynamic of like you know wanting to when you're when you're working with someone your own stuff of finally helping that parent who you weren't able to help comes up as well so that's another thing to 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 look at like there's layers to it and i actually think you know any client therapist relationship has to be a dynamic process because it's natural for your own stuff to come up and you have to work with that especially when you're just getting started as well it's really important to understand your own childhood stuff and how that comes up in relational dynamics yeah and the best way also to help others is like we go back to is the archetypal journey of the wounded healer to have healed yourself, to work through your own stuff, through experience, mm -hmm. right? It's not just about getting book smart knowledge of reading books of all this kind of stuff and then help people like because of stuff you read. Mm -hmm. You know, the people I want to work with, like when we, I need help. I need to have my coaches. I, I go to workshops, you know, and whatnot. Yeah. I need reflection healers. But the, the best people that have helped me is, is people who have gone through hell themselves and healed themselves. Yes. Out of their own experience. Yeah. Rather than just somebody with a, three-letter <laughs> abbreviation behind their name you know yeah. what i mean not to throw the baby at the bathwater, but it's really about personal experience mm -hmm. yeah well that's who some people are looking for some people are looking for people who have that phd and but for, for the most part if you're listening to this podcast you're actually looking for people who are more in this kind of holistic coaching realm like us you know who we may not have the three letters behind our name but we've gone through the experiences many people have gone through and we've learned tools and tricks on working with that so that's how i know that's that actually has given me a lot of confidence more than going to school probably would in myself is because i know i've tried a lot of techniques i've tried a lot of different things to try and heal myself and i know what actually tends to work you know, and for me, it's been the somatic trauma piece has been really huge, you know. So that's what I teach people is now I've learned specific modalities that I can help people with. I can have confidence working with an, uh, an array of people because I have a specific set of skills. Same with you and your body work, you know. It's like we have to also develop our toolkit as well. It's mm -hmm. like, and the toolkit is not usually found in these like three-month coaching programs that you can get now. The toolkit is like study things that you're passionate about. 
what has worked on so you? Three month coach meaning how to like coaching. Three month course for coaching, you for know, for be becoming like yeah, coach. Coaching, yeah, yeah, yeah. Co- coaching is a skill set where you, you know, instead of counseling, where you're more the empath, empathic witness, you're more mirroring. You do give advice. You know, coaching is really a different vibe. It's a different flavor. It's like this is solutions orientated. Here's the problem. Here's the next steps to solve it. You know, right. it's very, it's very proactive, and I and I like it better personally. Um, even though I do offer some counseling as well. But what I'm saying is that, you know, we need to also develop a skill set and most good skill sets that you go through will have you practice it on yourself. Like that's key and get work done on yourself, you know? So you become, you know, this is relates to the apprenticeship thing. I know a lot of people have realized through this, crazy uh craziness in the world that the job that they're working with they're working at is no longer aligned with them in some ways you know so a lot of people are at this kind of turning point i've noticed and they want to actually enter into a more service orientated field that's more in line with their own passions you know but they don't know where to start but the first pace to start is like what are you passionate about what are healing modalities that you would like to explore more in depth and are you willing to go through that in depth yourself and work on them yourself like don't just learn a skill set and then practice it on other people practice it on yourself because there's a lot of different modalities out there and you have to find the one that really works for you and that you think that you could be a good uh, apprentice of as well like and i just want to add on to that because that's a really important piece because i kind of find found my own way through somatic work through my own kind of north 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 node soul journey my north node is in taurus uh so it's all about the embodiment process you know And so what I had to do was really, I mean, it it happened organically, by the way, which is a lot of the way that these things tend to happen, where I was just realizing that a lot of body-based meditations were really helping me, but they needed something else as well on top of it. So that's how I found compassion and inquiry and other somatic modalities. Then it realized it needed something else. So, you know, it's through this apprenticeship, through realizing this quest for perfection is actually a really good driving force to develop ourselves and develop our skill set was what I'm trying to point out, you know? So we find these tools along the way and by looking at things, by analyzing them, by asking them, how could they be better? How did that work? And developing that true humility to analyze ourselves, that's how we actually develop our craft. Yeah, exactly. I can relate to this in my own journey as well also ties into the teacher appears when the student is ready and a teacher doesn't necessarily has to be a person but it's a modality a book for something you're really drawn to and it ties into follow your passion following your bliss as joseph campbell said yeah right it's something that excites you and also the old cliche saying applies here too you teach best what you need to learn yourself yeah right that's what it comes down to because i know myself you know similar journey early 20 years ago um with body work one of my roommates was a massage therapist body worker and yoga teacher he introduced me to all of that in in the late 90s and then i found the gift i didn't know i even have like healing hands it came easy to me there's a talent towards it right and just because it comes easy to you doesn't mean that you um, don't have don't have to work on it obviously you need to develop a talent and work for it and learn more and all of that and then one thing leads to another right Mm -hmm. because the embodiment process and similar you know again evolutionary astrology helps a lot with that as well because i have north node in aquarius Mm -hmm. and sun in aquarius so for me it's also the bigger picture topics right we are in the age of aquarius the whole craziness conspiracy and all of that you know the the in and outer work which also reminds me somebody posted a a, a couple weeks ago on 
on my, one of my Facebook posts that she had trouble finding nowadays therapists or coaches or anybody like doing deeper inner work who are also aware of what's happening in the world, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So many, yeah. like even well-known, like I guess from the left, whatever, liberal type therapists, coaches, whatnot, even spiritual uh, teachers and whatnot buy into the official story, go yeah. along with the lies, yeah. right? And and, they, and a lot of people don't want to work with these people yeah. uh, because then they're afraid of being, you know, gaslit basically. Yeah, and then they the, the issue, and this is like, I mean, this is a whole other topic on its own, but you have a lot of mainstream therapists because of their licensing, you know, they're basically pushing critical race theory you know, um, as part of their therapy, you know, so someone doesn't really buy into this ideology. When you're working with a therapist, you may working with a therapist who's trying to kind of push that lens on you, you know, so we have to watch out for that. I actually experienced this problem way before this even became a problem because I realized every therapist, you know, has a certain skill set, they have a certain worldview perceptions, and they will try and push that on you based on their own mindset, you know, so we have to kind of I mean, choosing a therapist is a really important task and it's something that we really have to follow our own intuition about and also try things out, you know. For me, I personally wouldn't work with anyone, even the astrologer that I work with, I wouldn't work with someone who bought into this official story to the extent of like telling me that, you know, white people are evil and I... And are I, racist and, by and, design. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I can't work with anyone because I want them to have a more objective worldview and the moment that they actually have that they actually take a position you know and and that's and that's kind of the thing we're dealing with right now just to kind of lead into what we're speaking about is that we have um in my opinion we have a therapy crisis going on meaning a lot of people need mental health support right now mm -hmm. never mind a lot of people can't afford it but on top of that we have a lot of therapists who have bought into this ideology and personally i don't think it helps people it would it didn't help me at any stage in my journey it just kept me feeling more identified as a victim you know um i imagine people listening to this podcast uh don't either buy into this ideology you know so we have to make sure that you know feel people out a lot of therapists actually have instagrams now they have uh you know, you can check out their website, you can kind of see what they're about, you know, you can kind of feel into it. So it's important we actually also do some degree of research, you know. And the main thing we're looking for, I think for me, is someone, you know, they don't have to agree with us on everything, that's fine, you know, but we want them to be able to see us and to call us out, you know, that's who we really, that's who I want to work with at least. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, it's, it's a bit, maybe again, a bit radical, but, you know, you know, a lot of people's true colors are being exposed right now with the splitting you know as i mentioned before even sp uh, popular spiritual leaders even popular um, teachers whose modalities we apply but they're completely buy into the official story you know yeah. even COVID and not questioning any of it not questioning the vaccines even promoting it all of that yeah zero questioning just as a going side along. note though remember i just remember gabber mate officially was like i don't think this is I was on a call with him for Compassion and Inquiry, and he was like, I, I actually don't think it's as big a deal as they're making it out to be. And then what happened is people lost it on the call him. on him. Yeah. And I don't think he's ever spoken about it again. So even people who may have, um, you know, he's a medical doctor, by the way. So yeah. I that maybe that gives him more credit credibility but 
what I'm saying is that a lot of people are also scared to speak out because of the backlash. So they keep their opinions themselves. And I think to a certain extent that can be wise for some people. Which goes back to, again, I understand, goes back to external consideration, strategic enclosure. Yeah. But this can be abused as well, these concepts I feel, and mm -hmm. then not to speak out because yes. you're too afraid of all oh, my profession, my success, my clients, my bank account. Exactly. You know, my career, yeah. my, my public image and yeah. all of that. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this. I just go along with it. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there are those people, but a lot of people truly, sincerely believe the lies and that shows me i don't care how successful or, or popular you know these teachers or therapists are it shows their lack of deeper self work because yeah. from the way i see the deeper dive into myself confronting essentially the lies within myself my conditioning wounding and, and, and my ego structure and all of that the more i the more i connect to essence the more i see the lies externally in the world yeah right it's because it's it's interrelated the inner and outer process yeah it goes hand in hand but especially in this day and age and that's you know we have done in our courses uh, you know we really combine the inner and outer work so that's very important to the you know engaging in the inner work but putting into a context what's happening in the world mm -hmm. you know and supporting people because a lot of people are alone they they're losing their friends and family to this agenda and whatnot yeah. they don't know what to do they don't know how to approach or like we said even don't know how to help them because mm -hmm. they're so uh you know excuse the word but brainwashed into this agenda it's it's a full-on mind control yeah. program based on the mainstream news or the the, uh, the pharmaceutical mafia cartel in all of that and they buy the fear program yeah right and it's really hard to pierce through that i think also you touched on another important issue and this is something i only recommend to people who have the psychological and emotional and even spiritual and physical strength to do it is one way we can help others during these time is to in this age of crazy censorship we have to not be afraid to speak our truth and to speak up for what we believe in you know because this is what we're dealing with is we're dealing with this kind of collective consensus state which is acting in a way that it threatens anyone who has an alternative even conservatives are being censored you know so one way we can actually help others is by showing them that we're not afraid to speak out we're not afraid to speak our mind you know even if it goes against the status quo but i only really also recommend that to people who can handle it because you're yeah. entering into the um, the arena, you know, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna get people who are gonna get triggered. They're gonna call you all sorts of nasty names. Like I had to burn through like the fire of projections last year through speaking out. And actually it made me stronger because I used it for spiritual self-work. And now I definitely give less of a shit what people think of me. I know who I am. I know that I have the right to speak up for what I believe in. And those are really valuable lessons, you know, and we can learn lessons through learning how to speak up for ourselves, you know, because a lot of us have learned to be silent, to not speak up for ourselves. It can be also part of our conditioning. So we have to learn that. We have to learn that, you know, just because there's a lot of really, um, you know, people who support censorship and who will go out there and attack us, it doesn't take away that basic human right we have. So it's really important in these days of censorship that we're still not afraid to speak up for what we believe in. This is a fundamental human right you know, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, can't take it away from us. We always have that right. But a lot of us are not exercising it because we're scared of what people may think. And exactly. this actually relates to what you kind of touched on is what you, what you can even see in your own Aquarius soul journey is the individuation process is really key. Mm. You know, so before you help others, do you know who you are? Do you know what you value? Do you know what you stand for? Mm -hmm. You know, we need to really develop that sense of our values too. 
because this is what's going to help give us strength when we speak up in the voice of opposition, you know? And at the same time, too, you know, we need to be able to handle people's questions about our values. If our values cannot stand up to people asking us deeper questions about it, then we need to also examine where our values go back, which is also a process I had to go through in the past year. Because I had people call me like a Republican, conservative, white supremacist, all these nasty names, you know? But I actually thought about it and was like, what are my, where do, where do my beliefs land on the political spectrum and actually technically i'm more left of center generally speaking the original so, left yeah of center. <laughs> and i'm but i'm left of center but more on the libertarian more than the more than the authoritarian side of the spectrum so actually through people calling me really awful names i was forced to examine my own beliefs again this is a development of humility i was like am i a conservative am i republican i read up about the basic you know beliefs of them and i was like no i'm not actually but that's what they yeah. think and it helped me see that this is just an ad hominem attack that they'd assign to anyone you know i could li i was complaining about censorship on instagram and someone came out and said oh good to know you're a white supremacist exactly like, so, the, false that's correlation but see <laughs> Like what I'm saying is that, you know, if we don't actually exercise these rights, if we don't speak up for what we believe in, you know, we'll never know. We'll never actually know yeah. what we value because we haven't ever given it a chance. And it actually is part of the process to be able to handle even attacks or feedback or criticism, you know, from others so that we can discover more of what we actually believe in, you know, and that's how we develop humility. At the same time, you know, the opposite house of, of the sixth house is the twelfth house which is about, you know, the, the more spiritual, etheric realms, a lot of other crazy stuff goes in there. Um, but it's about the path of spirituality. So, you know, we also have to have a sense of boundaries around that and not fall into blind compassion at the same time. And again, it leads back to the process of discrimination, you know. So as you desire to improve yourself, you start to discriminate between what information is useful and what information is not useful for you improving Even yourself. for yourself, exactly. Because we can easily get lost in the information war as well or information overload in this day and age and it goes back to the question how can i help the world during these times is to stand st stepping into your power and because as you just mentioned there it's understanding it's about understanding how the matrix really works and it's, it's through the fear frequency to install fear yes. right all the cancel culture the deplatforming the attacks you know is to install fear in you so you don't speak out because otherwise you cancel, you lose your job, you lose your friends, you lose yeah. this and this. You will be, you know, uh, you know, crucified, so to speak, and made an example of. Mm -hmm. This is what they try to instill install of you, right? They mm -hmm. really, uh, you know, so it's literally not buying into the fear, but acting with courage again. We need this courage. And courage is also expression of essence. That's really what it comes down to. Yes. Coming back of to strength. essence. You know, to really, because essence only cares about what's true. You know, the personality cares about, oh, is this good for me or bad for me? Yeah. Right? The external, consider, you know, uh, the external shell, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Uh, you want to say something? No. no. But, you know, so what I was trying to get at is that we don't, you know, for example, I just got released again from Facebook jail. <laughs> I was in Facebook jail again for over a week because why? I simply shared a, my personal experience of wearing a mask, which just feels completely off from an embodied perspective, it, you know, and I pointed out the issues of masks, you know, the fact that there has never been true scientific proof that they actually work. Yeah. You know, that's even like putting uh, children on masks, is, it's, it ties into a trauma installment program and all of that. But just for voicing this opinion, I got censored, you know, 
on uh, put in Facebook jail again. But we must not let this deter us. You know, at some point, you know, I, I'm going to be externally considered in the sense of like, I realize, okay, more sensitive information. I'm just going to share on our um, Telegram account for now yeah. and whatnot, right? Exactly. But I will never be silenced. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Speaking personally as well, I posted something about uh, vaccines today and how it's the COVID vaccine is not technically a vaccine. It's actually a piece of biotechnology. You know, it's a. It operates much differently to a vaccine. It's not like they're giving you a little bit of the disease and you develop antibodies to it. It actually stimulates an immune response by implanting something into your fat cells. So it operates entirely differently. And so my point to make is I know when I post that there's a potential I could get fact-checked or censored even put it in Facebook shell. But to me, it's actually important to speak. It actually aligns with my own values and what I've learned and what I value, and this is my whole life as well, is holistic health. I've been through the pharmaceutical regime like majority of my life, you know, and it didn't work for me. In fact, it just left me more frustrated and more traumatized and more out of body. And which is why I'm such an advocate for holistic health, because I've actually seen it work for me. You know, it's the only thing that's actually worked for me is holistic healing modalities. So, and I know this path is not for everyone, you know. I know that for some people, you know, who are very... If someone is very sick, you know, maybe very overweight, is taking several medications already, it's not like I'm going to just tell them, oh, hey, just do yoga and meditate and do some compassion inquiry me, then you'll be fine. It works for people at a certain level, usually people who have been so frustrated with the Western medical model that they start coming to me or some other con unconventional, um, you know, coach or therapist. So I also acknowledge that this is my own unique path, you know, but what I'm saying is that we cannot be afraid of the censorship or the backlash. You know, we cannot let that deter us from speaking out once we know what our values are, because it's actually being living a life in integrity means living a life in, in alignment with your true values. And that's the divide that people have is they've woken up, they have a lot, a different perception of the world than they had before. And yet their life still reflects their old values, you know? Yeah. And I think the true values, you know, what we stand for is essentially deeply connected to essence, to truth. Yeah. Right? To essence, meaning your true self, your psychic being, whatever you may want to call it, you know, not the personality you identify with, not the beliefs and whatnot, but that's deep inside. That's why, again, once you do this deeper inner work, you automatically also develop conscience, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people have no even ability uh to access conscience, true conscience. They're just programmed, which is, is just very diminished, is suppressed within themselves. So a lot of people just go along with it because they have no sense of conscience, yeah. of, 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 of something deep of what's, what's, what's right and what's wrong, so to speak. Not from an ego, e ego perspective of, um, you know, the superficial judgment, but coming from essence, right? Of deeper values, of standing up for freedom, right? Of, of individual rights and all of that, and not imposing onto others. Right? Yeah, but going back, you know, a little towards the end of the first hour. Yeah, can hour, I just? I we're yeah. gonna ask something. Sorry. No, just one. What I just want to mention one word, uh, one aspect in terms of helping others. What we mentioned at the beginning, it's again about respecting free will, right? And you know, so we have to be respect other people's free will if they don't sincerely ask, if they want to hear the truth, right? Yeah. And we need to even respect other people's free will to. Stay asleep, so to speak. Yes. Right. This is where they're at. And they need yeah. to come to the terms in their own way in some point in their journey. Yeah. And then asking yourself if you're at that turning point and you're not happy with what you're doing, you know, maybe you are and you're just curious on how to help others, you know, 
you can help others the most by the frequency that you embody, you know, mm -hmm. like by your emotional energy, by your presence, by your con connection to your true self. That's if you're just wanting to do that casually, that's the best way you can help others. You know, it's just being that compassionate witness in your friend group, in your relationships, in your community and holding that space for people. That's what people are looking for right now. They want someone who's very good at regulating their own nervous system and can be a source of refuge for them. Because in a world of fear, if you're a good if you're a well-regulated person, i.e. you've dealt with your traumas, you're connected to your body, you know when you're out of whack, you know how to deal with that, you know, then people are automatically going to gravitate towards you and they're going to be healed for, for by you and so that's in the casual context but then for people who actually want to step into their power and they want to become coaches or you know therapists or whatever it is the modality that they're working on you know first the first thing to do is like you know look at yourself you know look at your own gifts look at what you're passionate about what are the healing modalities that have really helped you as well and then as well for me an important step was developing my own skill set you know there's a lot of people out there who can be like i can remove your entities for six hundred dollars and like w but they learned from some like alien who downloaded the information <laughs> for me that, that doesn't work for me maybe that works for some people but for me like learning a valuable skill set that actually worked was huge for me that actually gave me confidence you know because again it's about the apprenticeship so same for you like I'm sure when you were doing body work you know after you went to Esalen you learned all these different techniques you had that confidence to be of service to others you right. knew you had a skill set to bring to the table so that's one important thing to develop is your passions along with your skill set and that's how you make the jump and I can just speak from personal experience like it doesn't go from like A to Z you learn, you start by doing whatever it is you're good at, and then you expand as you go along exactly. the way and you develop different tools, you know? So it's always this process of development and becoming better at what you do, you And know? it's deeply interlinked, you know, with not just, as you mentioned, uh, learning skill sets and learn and keep learning, but your inner development, mm -hmm. your inner self-work, mm -hmm. you know, which is an ongoing journey. You know, I'm still working, doing basic shadow work. What I've realized over these years, you know, especially with my work, I get very much, as, as readers know, into the fringe hyperdimensional matrix entities, the occult and all of that. Yeah, I've mentioned many times before, but I see a lot of people getting into all these this fringe knowledge and trying to get entities removed left and right. Mm -hmm. But many of them don't work on their basic childhood wounding, on their basic shadow uh, uh, projections or shadow yeah. work, right? And that basic trauma, basic wounding the entry points where actually these these forces and entities can come in uh, yeah. so it's really about having more foundational practical approach to these days and one key thing in this day and age as you mentioned out mentioned as well is how to learn how to regulate your nervous system yes on that basic level key. even yeah. as a foundation because yeah. that's how you affect the world because we are frequency anchors yeah. we affect others more based on our level of a being you know yeah. then just by sharing information alone exactly. because we live on the illusion still you know we see the outside separate from our inner being yeah. but it's all interrelated yeah like if you're working with someone or you have a friend you know and they're coming to you for consolation if you just verbally tell them it's going to be okay and tell them, you know, words that will make them feel better, that's actually not going to calm them down. But what will calm them down and what will give um, the cap capacity for healing to happen is if you're in a calm, centered, embodied place yourself and you're connected to the self, you know, that's really the main recipe you need underlying all of these healing modalities. Every good therapist every good coach out there is good because they're able to both regulate themselves and that leads to connection to the self 
all healing happens in the, in the presence of that. So that's the quality we want to develop within ourselves, you know? So even when I, you know, see people, um, you know, people, I, I was researching astrologers recently to work, to work with, you know, if I didn't feel like a certain amount of embodied presence from them, doesn't matter how much information they have. Like I didn't personally feel drawn to work with them. You know, like I have a few Scorpio planets, so I actually crave depth. I crave someone who's been through some stuff, you know? So that's what we want to develop basically is the end goal of our own healing journey is having that relationship with the self and being that and being consistent with that. Yeah. And it's also ties the humility aspect uh, feels ties into realizing that when the end, we're not quote unquote in control of this right there's other bigger forces happening based on you know negative and also positive divine forces there's an evolutionary process we just need to align ourselves with which also means we're not able to you know watch for the ego trying to help everyone trying to save everyone also realizing even if you do this in your own work and come to realize oh can help with my own gifts and modalities know that first thing that your work is definitely going to not be for everyone. Yeah. We know that our work is not for everyone, yeah. right? It's, it's, That's a it's lesson a, in humility again, It's a lesson too. in humility, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's just for a specific type of person, you know, and and based on our own gifts and whatnot, so we're not trying to impose ourselves on others, you know? If if, if this doesn't work for you, I wish you all the best, you know? Exactly. Find something that works for you. Yeah, and it's important we were able to spot that, which maybe we can talk a little bit more in the second hour, because yeah. it's important that we actually are able to spot the people that we can help and the people who we may not be able to help. And that's that discernment that needs to be developed. Which goes back to level, external consideration, really being able to perceive and see others. Yes, you know? exactly. So we'll get more into that in the second hour. Exactly. And what I, else did we want to talk I about? I want to touch upon what you just briefly mentioned, the importance of... Um, uh, the process of individualization, mm-hmm. the process of soul individualization, which also ties in the Jungian process of individuation to become a true individual, to separate from the crowd, crowd hive mind mentality, which also ties into the more deeper esoteric topic of organic portals, so-called quote-unquote soulless humans that are just connected to soul pool but don't have yet an individual soul, and how this plays out in the collective right now. So I really want to talk about that because yes, we are all one from a much bigger perspective, but we're not all the same, which also ties into the uh, topic of equality, which the uh, left is pushing, which there's also something to be questioned about, the issue of equality from an occult esoteric perspective. And I want to touch a bit about the uh, what, what you also mentioned a bit by the, on the vaccine. Uh, there was a really excellent video by Dr. Simone Gold, The Truth About COVID-19 and the COVID-19 Vaccine, which I highly recommend for people to check out. We posted it on the forum, on our forum, and also on our Telegram channel. And yeah, and go deeper into all of these topics in the second hour. Again, if you're not a member yet and want access to the second hour, please go to my website, veilofreality.com. You can sign up there. You will have access to all the second hours of all podcasts, including the membership forum. And you can also just become a member to support us in our work. We would appreciate this very much. And we also have a Telegram channel now going as well, uh, which we'll post in the show notes, the link as well, because a lot of the stuff I cannot or we cannot, or I post on Facebook and then I get just post deleted and put it to Facebook jail. <laughs> So with that, having said that, um, see you guys in the second hour.